Today's sponsor is Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove for a free audiobook download. Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're talking about Season 5, Episode 6, entitled Buyout. Do you have any news? I have any events? a plethora of news. Oh boy, okay. For once. Great. Uh, first up, uh, got some new theme music. Yeah, that's some news. Uh, if you'd like to hear the rest of that uh, piece, that's kind of a riff off the Breaking Bad inter- introductory uh, <laughs> or intro, uh, you can get to it at SoundCloud.com. Slashed D I E N S T. I think that's Dinst slash Breaking Dash Mad. Yeah. And uh, this guy, who I can only assume is it's two guys. Uh, it's two guys. Yeah. Uh, Dinst and the associate. Um, Schulter. <laughs> Schulter? Yeah. Is that how that's you how I'm going to say it? Okay. You know, I'm not actually German, so. in like 50% German, and my oh. grandfather spoke fluent German, and Shame I speak you. dick in German. For shame. Uh, Dein Großmutter hat Fischlippen. That's the only thing I know how to say, and I don't even know if that's something. <laughs> Do Hostmisch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's pretty rocking. Uh, give it a listen. I'll definitely post that into the show notes, too, for the intro music. Uh, secondly, I kind of forgot to do this last week, but we've got a new podcast joining the Bald Move Network. It's Personal Arrogance, and there are mm. buddies out of Seattle, and they cover uh, bridging the uh, gap between pop culture and nerd culture. Uh, just listened to this week's show, and they've got a pretty good segment, uh, a preview on PAX, which is the Penny Arcade Expo, which I will be in town for two weeks from now in Seattle. Uh, email me, breakinggood at baldmove.com or on facebook.com slash baldmove if you'd like to meet up with me and have a beer. Uh, they talk about the video games are excited about coming out this fall and winter, and a segment that I enjoyed they called Beerack Obirma. Which examines President Obama's uh, new homebrewing that he's doing at the White House. Oh, Did sweet. you know this? No. Yeah, and they talk about his his uh, personal drinking habits when it comes to mm, beer. I wonder if he asked uh, Hank for a little help with that. <laughs> uh, so the other thing I want to talk about is uh, alert listener James F.C. Uh, posted uh, something to us that was on Wikipedia about the continued storyline of Breaking Bad. And this is all rumor and speculation, but I figured I would talk about it. Um, Brian Cranston has been saying, I've been hinting around that after this season five slash six, he said that Vince feels that we have too much story. We could actually go beyond these 16 episodes. It's not far-fetched. I wouldn't mind visiting that possibility. And this is coming from a guy who doesn't know anything of how the show's going to end. But didn't doesn't end up as a total apocalypse. Who knows? Maybe we could revisit Walter White a year down the road and see where life has gone. Uh, at Comic-Con huh. this year, Gilligan address, addressed the possibility saying, I love the idea of it, but I have to say that my writers and I intend to tell every bit of story we can in these final 16. So at this moment in time, I'd say the odds are a bit remote. If we were to a year down the line, think of something else, who knows? Uh, he then later clarified in an interview in July 18th that he has no plans for a film, and the Cranston's remarks are the only thing fueling the speculation. But he did hint at a possible spinoff of the series focusing on lawyer character Saul Goodman. <laughs> oh, come on. 
Then Betsy Branst, <laughs> who plays Marie Schrader, uh, mm-hmm. just told today that there's a big time, a big name director that would like to direct the last episode as a movie and put it in theaters. Interesting. So all this has kind of come out in the last few weeks. I think this seems like it's more wishful thinking uh-huh. by cast members. Yeah. And it definitely seems like Vince, if anything, uh, would spin off. Because he's not above spinning things off. I mean, he See, was involved the problem- in The Lone Gunman. Which was a failed spinoff oh. of the X Files. Okay, yeah. so he's not above taking a little, you know, minor character and, and turning it into something else. So we're talking about a show that has like two and a half million viewers on average, right? Yeah, two, three. Is yeah. that is that stretching it? That's, no. What do you mean? Is that stretching it? Is that, is that too many? Am I, don't, I quoting no. a high number? No, I think that's 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 about right. Okay, two and a half million people. Can you make enough money off of ticket sales for a movie to make that worthwhile? Mm. It would have to be a pretty low budget movie, right? I don't know. Assuming you can get every single one of those people to go to the movies. Yeah, you're right. If you someone pays, if thirty p, if, yeah. if you have three million uh, people watching, and you've got, and that's what it looks like they're kind of doing. Two point four eight is what Dead Freight pulled in. Okay. So if you get, so that's like twenty five people paying 10, ten bucks a ticket on average. But that's not even including the cut that the theaters get, and it, there's so yeah. much that comes out of that. It's not ten bucks flat that they get. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see that happening. That. That doesn't make depends on how many you know? Dodge and Chrysler commercials they can fit in the movie. <laughs> yeah, if they can get enough product placement, <laughs> be right there. They'll get. Uh, they'll call up. I don't know some some bacon manufacturer, Jimmy right. Dean, maybe. Right. Call them up. Get Walt eating sausage instead of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention on the personal arrogance, you can actually get them at BaldMove.com. They post there every week and on yeah. our Facebook page, and we tweet about it. So, cool. Uh, check that out. Uh, that's all I've got for news for now. Okay. Oh, there's one other thing. I, I was reading iTunes reviews, and one of the latest ones says – it was pretty funny. They left us a five-star review, which is kind. Uh, but the, she said – or he said they like to refer to us as uh, dim and moron when, when they disagree with us. <laughs> okay. Which I think is great because I love yeah. coming up with nicknames for annoying mm-hmm. characters and the fact that a listener has come up with an annoying nickname for me. I just – my life feels complete now. Awesome. So now we're ready for the recap. Okay, well, that's all you, buddy. Take it away. This was one of the most effective cold opens in show history, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Why don't we talk about the episode and what we thought first? Okay. I'll back this truck up and say, what do you think of the episode, Jim? This was one of the most effective cold opens in show history. <laughs> <laughs> what would you uh, give ser- it? Seriously, it is. It's maybe the best maybe the best episode of the series. Yet. On a scale of 1 to 10 bitches... In Breaking Bad scale, yeah, this is like a nine point nine. I can't. I don't can't give it a ten because the show's not over yet. There could be one that's better. Yeah, but this I think is the best episode of the season or the series. It's funny because Seppenwall, who you everyone knows, I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a man crush on. He hated, not hated. What? He was disappointed in this episode. Why? He felt it didn't play emotionally true to Je- Jesse's character to have him witness a kid be killed, beat up one of his henchmen. Decide to sell out and then be involved in a broad comedy bit with Walt That's, and Skyler at the end. That okay, the comedy bit is certainly within his character. I mean, within the show, he's he's done all sorts of comedic stuff. Well, let's talk about that when we get to it. I just want to talk okay. that. I, I yeah, I think it's a solid nine out of ten. Yeah, I, I'm like Crawl Space is kind of in my rearview mirror now mm-hmm. as my favorite because mm-hmm. this was really good. You know, it might be fun. 
uh, during our season wrap up, uh-huh. if we would come up with like a top ten episodes, like we yeah. just we sit down on Wikipedia, look at all the episodes, come up with like a you know a top ten, watch them all, and then come up with a definitive like top five list. It'd be cool to get our audience involved in that too. Yeah, they can all go. We can put up like a poll on Facebook, yeah. and they can vote on it. We'll have to write up some kind of polling system where you can. Facebook's got one. Right, but it's like for, I don't want to just like let them vote for one. I want them to be able to like first pass the post gotcha. so they can rank one through five. Uh-huh. All right. Ambition. <laughs> anyway, so, but this is, honestly, one of the most effective cold opens. It's got mm-hmm. no sound. Yep. It's just this it's creepy. score. I called it lunar music. Yeah, that's a good description. Uh, while they're breaking down this dirt bike, and mm-hmm. the show uses our familiarity with this disposal method. Uh-huh. So much that they don't even have to show the little boy getting loaded into the barrel to yeah. make the real horror of it sink in. It's just wall opening up the second barrel, you know, the showing hand. the hand being uncovered mm. and the music, how it takes that sinister, unhinged quality to it. Yeah, I love it. And also Mike's dead mackerel eyes. You notice, like, <laughs> uh-huh. they really show him giving the deadest, mackereliest mm-hmm. eyes when Walt opening up that second barrel. Yep. Oh my god. Uh then Todd can't keep his dumbass mouth shut. He's got a volunteer that shit happens. Uh-huh. And then yes it does. Jesse thrashes him. Yep. It's because he forgot to call him no sir. He forgot to call me no sir, <laughs> bitch. Lights out. It's like shit happens, no sir, bitch. <laughs> oh, um yeah. one of our Facebook uh, friends, Tony said uh, he got a vibe from the opening scene with Walt, Mike and Todd, but conspicuously no Jesse dismantling the motorbike that he felt it was symbolic that these three will dismantle jesse hmm. what do you think about that uh, i certainly didn't catch that or read that into it mm-hmm. but i mean it's a it's as valid as any theory i've ever come up with <laughs> <laughs> yes yes it is we'll just leave it at that Awesome. Uh, moving on. Uh, also, I thought uh, there's a good take from Andy Greenwald on Grantland.com. He looked up on the Wikipedia page for hydrofluoric acid, and uh-huh. it describes it as having the potential for deep, initially painless burns and ensuing tissue death. He says, we've seen this silent poison before. It's the default setting of Breaking Bad. It's the tarantula in the jar, now unsafely in the hands of Terrible Todd. It's the ricin in the wall. It's the cork in the DNA that makes good cells turn cancerous. Walt is always careful to wear a protective mask and gloves, but this stuff has eaten away at him relentlessly. I mean, hmm. it's interesting to note, like, as you move on, like, with the whole bodies dissolved in, uh, um, you know, fluoric acid, uh, you know, start with the you know, horror of it just falling through to, and they have to clean it yeah. up, and it's, like, dirty and nasty, and then they do it again in the super lab and they do mm-hmm. it several times and each time it just becomes, you know, more, less easier and easier for Walt to do that. And just like, it's a normal thing. We're yeah. Dissolving corpses. Yeah. yeah. I'm always amazed at how, how well all of the elements come together to kind of construct a feeling in this show. Like yeah. the, the dark houses, the, like he mm-hmm. was saying, the, the cancerous feel of all these chemicals around right. Walt, uh, the cancer itself eating away at him. There's all these themes and elements in the show that come together to really just pack a punch. It's going to be interesting because I'd like to rewatch this whole thing like in a binge once it's done. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to rewatch early Walt when I was really rooting for him. Yeah. And kind of chart, you know, like when did he, you know, what is, I would like to pinpoint what the decision that kind of was the genesis and different benchmarks and, you know, like a guy who used to be horrified 
that mm-hmm. he had to strangle the guy to try to kill him versus this guy now who's just talking about and he's the one in the room talking about eliminating Todd. Yeah. You know, and no takers. It's just him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of Todd, let's move to his justifications. Uh, you know, he's basically saying there's no other choice, blah, 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 that he wants them to know that my priority is this business. He name drops his prison uncle's connections. Uh, what do you think of all of his justifications and the veiled threat he made at the end? Uh, I think everything he's saying is pretty valid. I mean, they, they don't know for sure what the kids saw, like how much the kids saw. Um, and he, he is a loose end regardless of what age he is. You know, mm-hmm. if this was, uh, I don't know, if this was somebody else, uh, maybe an adult who saw what they were doing, Jesse might not have as much of a problem with it, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's because it's a kid that he does. Uh, the thing that really hit me in this scene is, as I was watching it, Jesse brings up the points that all of us were talking about last week, mm-hmm. right? We were all crying about, oh, well, what if the kid didn't know what he'd seen? Right. Uh, he's just a kid. He doesn't know anything. They didn't have to shoot him. And that's exactly what Jesse says. And that's like, we should always wait a week to complain about something. <laughs> Because you know Villigan's going to bring it up next week. Oh, well, of course. Especially when they close the episode, like, in the middle of things, the way they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, good point. Uh, so they come up with three options. They can get rid of him pay him mm-hmm. o- and pay him off. They can dispose of him. Well, it seems like <laughs> that's like, kind of like Walt would rather do. Uh-huh. And then they can keep him on payroll, keep him close, keep him under control. That's what Walt and Mike vote for which mm-hmm. means you know jesse who wants him out uh, loses out uh but obviously yeah. this wasn't okay with anybody because mike you know threatens the next scene he's going to jam a gun up sideways up his ass if he ever pulls that again uh-huh. uh and uh todd has a new pet <laughs> what you'd make of that todd has a new pet yeah he's got the spider oh, the in the spider. glass okay yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah uh that's interesting that he hung on to that mm-hmm I don't really know what that spider symbolizes, but a lot of people, including a bunch of our listeners, speculated about like it having fingerprints on it and yeah. maybe saving that for uh, leverage later. Right. Uh, that was uh, Eric and Jake on Facebook's take. They were uh, okay. thinking that this will either symbolic of bringing down Walt's organization or, I think as Jake mentioned, that it will be because the kid's fingerprints are on that. And that yeah. makes total sense. You know, if the kid's fingerprints, he can, you know, he's the guy that murdered him, but mm-hmm. he could probably frame Walt or Mike or, you know, the fact that they were all there and he's got all those details of the operation. I mean, he could burn yeah. them in a major, major way. It's just like Injustified, the gun that killed uh, Raylan's yeah. ex-wife's husband. Right. That, that's sitting out there waiting for it to be planted yeah. somewhere. It's one of those trump cards that are kind of floating around, like yeah. the ricin in the wall and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, moving on to Gomi on a stakeout. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I keep kidding. thinking of Mike's comment that this is sloppy even by cop standards. This mm-hmm. whole scene, I feel like, makes Gomi out to be a moron. Yeah. Completely. I mean, everyone knows, like, one-on-one, if you, get a de- if you think that this is a legit dead drop, the mm-hmm. last thing you want to do is hustle up there and get the message. Yeah, you, you sit on it until somebody comes to pick it up. And then you arrest them, and then mm-hmm. you get the message, and you get the other side of the dead drop. I mean... Yeah, it's how you make connections in a conspiracy. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> god damn. I, I, again, 
Uh, evidence is piling up that Gomez is just not that good of a cop. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you, do you think this is the writers not knowing what's going on, or is this them purposely writing as Gomez as a bad cop? It seems like the the pattern is that they're writing Gomez as, yeah. and I don't know if they're intentional. Now, you know, conspiracy, Aaron alert. <laughs> I don't know if this is intentionally because they want to make Hank look so good in comparison, uh-huh. or it's intentionally because Gomez is dirty, or it's intentionally because, you know, whatever. They want to make Mike look so smart. Uh-huh. But this is just bad field craft. So. I, I agree 100%. Uh, flash forward to Mike listening on to Hank using the handy-dandy uh, snoop that uh, Walt put in his office. Mm-hmm. And they come down to Hank and, and Gomi talking about how they got this Mike guy under surveillance. And eventually he'll make a mistake. And Mike kind of nods like, yep. yep, boys, you might be a pack of idiots, but nobody can live under in a glass house for this long and not fuck up at least once. Definitely. So, you know, do you think just then did he make the, the, the call to, like, bail on this? Or do you think that was com- combined with the death of the kid? How much do you think that bothers a guy like Mike? I think that Mike's work has been taking a toll on him for a while. He's He's getting run down by it. He's an old guy. You know, he's not as good as he used to be, I guess. Uh, and he knows that one of these days he's going to slip up, and they're right. Uh, I th- so I think there he really just decided, I'm out. It's funny because you're right. I mean, going back to last season, uh, Mike wasn't thrilled with Gus killing Victor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't thrilled with a lot of his guys being killed by Gus's enemies, but, yeah. you know, sniper rifle so, and all uh-huh. that kind of stuff. So I think you're right. I think he's, he, he you know, I don't even really like killing Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, Lydia put put up to the the hit. So anyway, uh, next we have a scene of Skyler visiting the kids over at Marie's house. Oh, powerful scene! And man, I thought Skyler was this close to confessing until Marie overplayed her hand. Yep, yep. What do you think about that? Uh, you're exactly right. She she was ready to spill all the beans right mm-hmm. there. Uh, just a few more seconds of silence with that comment hanging in the air. Yeah. Uh, just waiting for Skylar to make a move. Right. She would have cracked. But instead, it seemed like all Marie really did big was mouth. was reignite the, the, the hot shooting war between her and, and Walt. Yeah. So, other thing, Holly continues to be the perfect baby. This is the second mention <laughs> in two weeks of Marie keeping Holly forever. Uh-huh. That's got to be foreshadowing at this point, right? Definitely. Definitely. By the way, I'm going to start the warnings now. <laughs> we have a bombshell, unconfirmed spoiler to discuss in the spoiler section. Yeah, this is like a season-ruining spoiler if you don't like spoilers. If you're the type of person, so it's like, I'm telling you, like, you know, we've been kind of light on spoilers. We got the mother load, and, you know, <laughs> kind of like... Um, you know, last season on Breaking Bad, where we bust, you know, we had the Gus blowing his face off weeks in advance. And yeah. the same thing with uh, The Walking Dead. We had Sophia in the barn mm-hmm. and all the other stuff, like weeks in advance. And people, like, you know, you warned us, but we wish we had really. <laughs> this is one of those spoilers. Yeah. Like, if you don't like spoilers, you have to have a fucking strong spoiler stomach to take this kind of shit. Yep. So, I wish I didn't have to hear this spoiler. Right. I mean, That's how I, big it is. I'm pro spoiler. Uh-huh. I don't think it really affects my enjoyment of a quality product either way. Jim's anti. He hates that he, he has been spoiled to this extent. And it's unconfirmed, yeah. but this is the same sources that we got the, the, the last stuff off of, which I'll talk about in the spoiler section. Mm-hmm. But when you hear the music, for God's sake, <laughs> unless you are 100% committed to getting the end of this season, this mini season spoiled, mm-hmm. turn the fucking podcast player off. Yes. 
All right, and I'll repeat that warning uh, when when it's time to. Okay, so now we're back to a cook scene. They're at another tinted house, mm. uh, and Jesse's watching something on making fake caviar out of <laughs> yeah seaweed. When, I don't know, man. I don't know either. Was there any uh, hint at what what's going through Jesse's head there? Well, is you that- know, the only thing I'm wondering is if this is going to come into Walt's plan to get fake caviar. No, but like Put the a, ricin in the caviar. No, an, an artificial product that's good enough to pass for the real thing. Mm. If he's going to somehow miss, to pay off this guy his thousand gallons and get everybody the five million dollars and keep his methylamine, I wonder if this is going to be a little foreshadowing on how he pulls that off. Hmm. Could be. Uh, anyway, uh, when suddenly they abandon this important topic for the missing boy, Drew Sharp. Uh, this really tears Jesse up. Yeah. I mean, he instantly goes back to vein popping Pinkman. <laughs> vein popping Pinkman. <laughs> I like it. The VPP. And uh, Walt expresses sympathy, says all the right things, mm-hmm. gives Jesse the rest of the day off. And Jesse seems like he's kind of, you know, feels good about Mr. White. And then he mm-hmm. comes back and Mr. White is literally whistling Dixie. I mean, not Dixie, but he's whistling, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's just whistling away. Whistle while you work. That and, sort of thing. Yeah. What the fuck? You'd think he would at least let Jesse get out of the house. Do you think he thought he Jesse would. was out of the house? I can never tell with Walt what's just him being oblivious and what's him uh, just not caring. Yeah. I mean, if he's like morphed I've, into a sociopath, uh-huh. he might he might just not care what Jesse thinks. Or he doesn't realize that, you know, he's like, well, I told the lie and it sunk in. Mm, now, yeah. like, I'm I'm off of that mode now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. This, this to me, was a really strong scene uh, for Aaron Paul because the way he plays this kind of surprise and disgust at the same time mm-hmm. at what Walt's doing. Which is like the second time in three episodes we've seen that. I mean, uh-huh. when Walt was talking about... Uh, you know, people that presume things and yeah. how they, you know, they might have to be eliminated. Uh, you know, same kind of like w- look on Jesse's face. Like, well, who am I working with? Uh-huh. What the fuck? Yeah. It, it was just, it was shocking to him to hear Walt whistling. Yep. Uh, but it was so perfect because I, I don't think Walt knew that he was still there or at least within hearing distance. Hmm. Uh, so I think Walt played his hand a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Overplayed his hand. Mm-hmm. So Jesse gets a phone call at the end. Uh, we're kind of left to guess, but not for too long because the very next scene, uh, we see Walt coming to the uh, Vominos Pest Control facility late at night. He's mm-hmm. dropping off this week's batch. Mike meets him there, says, Hey, let's get this over with. You need to step into the office, talk about business. Mm-hmm. Um, in there, we find that Jesse's joined them. Presumably, it was. Mike summoning him to the the workshop, and Mike lays out his problems with the DEA. Uh, Walt has a meltdown about how sloppy and reckless he is, and uh, Mike basically heads him off with a "Yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, I'm out." Yeah, uh, great Walt- look on his face when he says that too. Yeah, and he says it with such conviction. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, and then Walt's like, "Well, I think that's that's really the the best," and he's like, "Yeah, me too." Uh-huh. Like like. <laughs> Thanks for you know okaying yeah. my being okay with my decision, Walter. Because I give a shit what you say. <laughs> <laughs> so then Walt's like, "Well, of course you'll bring Jesse up to speed about the distribution and all that kind of stuff." And Jesse says, uh, "Yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm out too." 
Yeah. How hard do you think that was on Jesse to say that? Uh, I don't know. Certainly, I think Walt's whistling had something to do with it the scene before. Um, and obviously killing the kid. But big you're, part. you seem to be coming out of a different direction. I You're thinking it was easy for Jesse to come yeah. with that? Yeah. I think it was really easy. Well, especially with the number he threw out, five million. Okay. Easy to come to the decision, very hard to tell Mr. White. Okay. He seemed extremely comfortable, and he did feel like he was kind of letting him down. Yeah. You know. I get you there. So... And, you know, Walt's first thing is he's worried that they'll be selling to his competition uh-huh. as if he can do this by himself. Yeah, what the hell? Where is he going to sell meth? I don't. That's always been. I mean, I can't wait to see what his plan for everybody winning. Yeah. Because yeah. traditionally, his giant weakness has been operational security and distribution, mm-hmm. yep. which are the things that Mike kind of, uh, you know, provided. And he had a problem with them, you know, the Jesse trading his hard work for pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's ranting and raving about, you know, the taking all this. And Jesse brings him up short. It's like, look, Mr. Wyatt, are we in the meth business or the money business? Yeah. That is an excellent question. And these are – these scenes are what I've been waiting to hear Jesse say for, like, the last month now. Yeah. Yeah, we all have. Yeah. Uh, Noel, the Captain Albano, uh, wrote on Facebook, said, Walt telling Mikey is reckless is like Barney the Dinosaur telling Marie that she doesn't do purple right. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so next we have this uh, another desert, middle of the desert meeting with uh, shady characters. Uh, Mike and Jesse are meeting a guy named Declan mm-hmm. who wants to buy 666 gallons, hmm. uh, a demonic amount of methylamine. <laughs> Uh, and also for $10 million and everything seems hunky dory and he's like, man, I'm just going to be glad to see this blue stuff off the market. Yep. Oh, and what, what, what? Yeah. And a look from Jesse. I think that's what gave it away. Yeah. yeah. Mike could have pulled that off, but right. Jesse gave it away. Right. And well, it probably wouldn't be a good idea to bullshit the guy because uh-huh. I think he would be the type to come, that come looking for his money if the blue stuff was not off the market. Oh yeah, for sure. Although you would think... You think the obvious play here would be, all right, $10 million for 666 gallons, and I will tell you where to get the other 333 and the man who makes the blue meth. Hmm. Like, it would be so easy to give Walt up and let these guys take care of the fool. Or, I mean, maybe they'll want – I mean, if he wants to keep cooking, introduce him to this organization and let him start working for them. I mean – Why doesn't Mike kill Walt? I've asked that. That's the question. The only thing I can think of is because he doesn't want to hurt slash piss off Jesse. That's because that's not a good enough reason at this point. Honestly, (sighs) he's the source of all of Mike's problems. Mike could just kill him and be done with it. And he's killed so many people before. Yeah, and he's, it's, I mean, I would say, I would chalk it up to maybe being fearful a little bit of Walter, except for he has him dead to rights several different times in this. Yeah. Where, you know, whip out the gun, shoot him in the head. Just like he said to Lydia. Game over. Take the rest of the methylamine, sell take it, this be out pistol of the game. Out of his pocket <laughs> yeah. and shoot him in the head. I don't know, man. I wondered that myself. I don't get it. But Declan's a smart cookie. He doesn't want to just buy the supply. He wants to buy the demand, too. He wants yeah. this blue meth to go away. So he's like, new deal. $15 million for 1,000 gallons, not a drop less. Mm-hmm. So that puts everything in a whole new light. Uh, next scene is Walt appearing to be laying in a pool of black ink. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, like he's sitting in his little easy chair or what, but 
you can't tell. It's just like he is in, like, floating in his inky liquid. It's so fucking dark at that house. Mm-hmm. And he's talking on the phone to somebody, uh, you know, come to my house. And he goes, yes, seriously, which implies that it's Jesse. Yeah. And, of course, it is. So Jesse comes over next scene to the darkened white home. And he's trying to reason. He's like, you know, Mike wants to roll tough on you. I figured I'd you know be able to come over here and talk reason. And he lays out this logical case. Like, I know for a fact you never thought we'd get $5 million. You originally only wanted 734000 You mm-hmm. figured it out in your freaky little Mr. White way. He calls him out. Yeah, he's like, doing it this way, no one has to be killed. We could be out tomorrow. You don't have to worry about your family anymore. Yeah. And these are all valid points. And it's exactly what he said he wanted when they started. Yes. These were the reasons he gave Jesse to begin this whole operation in the first place. And now he's gone back on him. So let's talk about the real motivation. He pulls gray matter out of his pocket. Yes. And says... The this, motivation for the entire series. Well, I... This is it. Do you do you buy that? A hundred percent I buy that. Okay. After that, after that sellout, that buyout, he was a totally different man. He saw the company... Um, like exactly like he says, he saw, he sold his birth, his kid's birthright for five grand Mm -hmm. and he went through life regretting that. And that made him the kind of broken guy he was at the beginning of this series. Right. And then once he had nothing left to lose, he decided I'm going to give this one more shot and Mm -hmm. really try to do it. And that led him to meth. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the crux of this entire thing in his head. But $5 million is a pretty fucking good birthright. Absolutely it is. I mean, it's but, not, but this but it's is, not it's changed point him. whatever billion. Yeah. What I'm saying is that started it all. Mm-hmm. Over the course of these last of this last year, that has changed him mm-hmm. completely. All this stuff with the meth. He's now, like he said, in the Empire business. Right. Uh, he, he's not satisfied with $5 million. Right. Uh, he's doing it for himself as much as his family. It's kind of interesting because I thought we watched this and then right away we watched the uh, the newsroom, yeah. Which I, which <laughs> yeah. is a the the like a show that's like forty percent awesome and sixty percent suck. Yeah, it's just got all anything that doesn't involve the newsroom operation itself is mm-hmm. complete bullshit. Episode one of that is and really good, and also you have to be pretty sympathetic to their political bent to even think that that forty percent is awesome. Yeah. But there, this guy, this uh, news anchor, uh, Will, I guess is his name, uh, his therapist said something about, because he's asking, why can't I forgive this particular female character while she has no problem moving on? And he contrasted, you know, just being dumped with being betrayed. Yeah. And I feel like Walter felt betrayed by Gretchen and mm-hmm. what's the other guy's name? Uh, Elliot. Elliot. Uh, and that's why he can't. You know, move on even years later. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. Does it make? Does it actually make sense to you though? This whole you know wanting to build an empire because even Jesse's like, look, Mister White, I don't know that a meth empire is all that much to be proud of. Yeah. No. It. I'm not saying that he's worried about that now. He was worried about that when he started. Now he's doing it because of his own pride, his own uh, greed. He's he's just 100 percent in it now. Huh. It's become him. It's taken over uh, who Walt used to be. All right. The meth. It'll do that to you. Okay. So anything else you want to say about the scene? Or are we ready to move on? Or? Nope. I'm good. Okay. So let's talk about the dinner. 
Yeah, at the end, uh, Skylar comes home, and you see kind of like Jesse freeze up. He's like, no, stay for dinner. It's gonna be, it'll be fine. <laughs> this, this is, is the opposite of fun. You know what? And this scene would have worked if it was just thick uncomfortableness between, uh-huh. you know, Walt and, and Skylar and Jesse just observing and being comfortable. But Aaron Paul turned this into some kind of form of art yeah it's a masterpiece of a scene yeah because he he completely devolved to season one jesse uh uh-huh. uh in meeting skyler uh he is single-handedly trying to be a good dinner guest uh-huh. and his expressions uh you know the fact that he's like you know oh great green beans you got the slivered almonds and oh you bought those at a store oh well, great shopping these beans are choice miss white and yeah yeah talking about the scabby lasagnas like you know this photo's misleading it's like hell yeah i'm stoked to be eating this lasagna and then it sca- comes out all scabby there's so much going on in this scene because like you said you got the drama right of uh, them just sitting around the table eyeing each other you've got the comedy with jesse Plus, but, Skyler's drinking like a fish exactly. the whole scene, which is also distracting. And the fact that Jesse knows that Skyler knows that he <laughs> was selling Walt drugs. Uh-huh. As far as she knows, that's it. Um, so Jesse still thinks that's all she knows. And he's asking about the car Does wash. she really know about his involvement, though, at this point? That's a good question. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, Is I, there, just I, I, I don't know. Hmm. I'm trying to think myself whether there's anything that's established that they're linked up until the scene that Skylar knows about. I don't right. think so. If there is, the audience will certainly correct us. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they will. Uh, but yeah, there's so many layers here of different people with different knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then when Skylar drops that bomb about the affair. Mm-hmm. that just totally turns it on its head again. Mm-hmm. And it gets even more awkward than I thought it already was. Right. Yeah. I love it. And when she brings up the, the affair and like the way, uh-huh. like the way Aaron Paul drinks his water <laughs> yeah. while he's saying that. Like a 10 second long <laughs> drink. And he's it's, looking back and forth between them while he's drinking. I mean, I'm kind of amazed myself looking back at this that, I mean, if this was handled even a little bit, off the mark it would have felt yeah. weird because you've got yeah. this emotional swing from the beginning of the episode to where they're playing some of the broadest comedic moments mm-hmm. that's been in the last two seasons yeah um aaron paul is just freaking amazing definitely so anyway uh after the affair that was when skylar decides to take her bottle of wine and exit stage left mm-hmm uh, Walt drops Jesse on the fact that, you know, my wife has told me she's counting the days until my cancer comes back. Mm. This business is all I have left now, and you want to take it from me. Guilt trip of the century. Now, is that a deliberate Oh, guilt? hell yeah. Well, I just wondered if that was a sin- moment of sincerity or if that's no. just... Okay. Walt doesn't do sincerity. <laughs> Get out of here. Walt's all about the guilt trip with Jesse. Good point. Good point. Uh, another thing about this scene... Their relationship, uh, Walt and Skyler's, feels very much like the relationship of Tony Montana and his wife. Yeah. And Scarface. Yeah. Especially with her turning to the bottle now. Yeah. And smoking. Uh, she's she's on the same trajectory. Yeah, I've seen enough of Soprano. I haven't seen the whole series. I've watched it here and there. I've seen enough uh, that I feel like I've seen it all. And I've heard enough You know, people talk about it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I know that that was Villigan's pitch to Anna Gunn. Was it? It's hey, it's kind of a Tony and uh, what was her name again? So, oh, I'm talking about Scarface, man. Tony Montana. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about 
Uh, so I thought you were talking about The Sopranos. Tony no, I haven't wife. seen The Sopranos. Okay. So. Uh, she she turns to drugs, cocaine. Yeah. And the fact that he still deep down still loves her and uh-huh. she really doesn't have anything but contempt for him. Yeah. So okay, I'll buy I'll buy that. Uh anything else going on before we move on to uh, Walt's ill advised attempt to steal the methylamine? No, I just I don't know. Walt's attempt to make Jesse feel sorry for him did not make me feel sorry for him one bit. No. No. <laughs> Poor Walt. But it does seem, and the thing is, is Jesse just looks, as he's trying to reason with this man, he just looks, like, beat down. Like, mm-hmm. he's never going to give us these 333 gallons. And it never occurs to Jesse to kill Walter. Yeah, it wouldn't. Right. I mean, I think that's kind of neat. But, you know, the other thing, does it, do you think it occurs to Walt that Mike just might fucking rub him out? Because this is, I mean, as soon I as know. I saw him show up in the, in the middle of the night to try to steal this stuff. I was like, I know Walt, Mike's going to be there. Uh-huh. Mike's not a freaking idiot. <laughs> uh, and, you know, of course he gets picked up and he's like, you know, you're going to come in here in this office and we're going to spend a night in, in, like it's my birthday. What did that mean? I don't know. That was hilarious. But I'm like, I don't know exactly what he's talking Like it's my birthday. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that means. I've never stayed up with you all night on your birthday. Uh, I didn't get a few of the references in this episode, honestly. Oh, okay. Is uh, the Uncle Milty one? Oh, I get where, that one. I don't. Is oh, that? We'll talk about that. Okay, yeah. we'll talk that's, about that later. That's a, a very subtle pop culture reference. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, and Walt the whole time is like, "Look, Mike, you need to listen to me." And and Walt and Mike just shuts him down. Like he tries to like, "Oh, so it's okay for you to steal?" And Walt, uh, Mike's like, "Yeah." You're going to come here and shut up. Mike, you need to listen to me. No, Walter, the last thing I need to do is to listen to you. Uh-huh. And just totally shuts down this smug SOB. Uh, they have a – and I was wondering when we were watching this. I'm like, are they going to have the balls for the next episode to be just – because I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome to have like a fly episode with just Mike and Walt yeah. in that office? That and would Mike, be really cool. Yeah, like, and Mike's, or Walt's trying all those different things to get the mic, and Mike's mm-hmm. not having it. I don't know that you could draw a whole hour of that out. Yeah. But it would be tense as hell. I agree. So, in the morning, he's like, Walter, I got stuff to do, but I can't trust you with the methyl me. I'm going to have to restrain you. Yep. And as soon as I saw him break out the plastic tie-down, I'm like, Mike, <laughs> the rat belt is the half measure of restraint systems. <laughs> Good point. You can't get your hand on a fucking pair of metal handcuffs. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, he might do the Merle uh, chop off my hand gambit, but... If he's going to do that, he's going to get out of whatever I mean, as soon in. as I saw the close-up of that plastic tie-down, I'm like, this there walt is so getting out of here yeah i didn't know how mm-hmm. but i knew he's getting out you had the same thought uh no i actually didn't have the same thought while i was watching it but his, did you think he was going to escape or did now. you think what what did you think was going to happen uh i honestly i don't i never know with this show because if he doesn't escape and they end up selling the methylamine what does walt do after that he might just go after it or something i don't know try to take it back who I knows that's true See, I thought what was going to go down was he was going to figure out some way to turn on the, uh, the radiator, the radiator and, and he was going to like burn his hand horribly, <laughs> but also make the plastic pliable. Uh-huh. But it turns out like he did burn his hand horribly. I was half right. Yeah. yeah. So as soon as Walt or Mike leaves, uh, he sees the coffee pot and we were both like, oh, he's going to try to <laughs> get shards of glass. Uh-huh. Yeah. But they invert our expectations. He kicks it away. 
Um, uh, Jasmine uh, from Facebook says, Jim's coffee pot theory lives. Which is <laughs> not. Uh, uh, not quite. Instead, the coffee machine yielded a power cord, which he mm-hmm. – and this was great, like animalistic – uh, you know, like a coyote with his arm, with his foot and paw in a trap, and he's trying to n- literally gnaw his way to freedom mm-hmm. by chewing through copper wire, which is pretty hardcore. Yeah, and stripping with his teeth—that's not Ouch. good. Just thinking about it makes my teeth hurt. I know. <laughs> uh, and I don't really think that household power works that way. I'm pretty sure the second he arced that, that it would trip a fuse, but. Mm-hmm. Whatever, honestly. Um, he's able to use this to MacGyver his way to a plasma cutter and cut his way to freedom. Yep. Uh, he gave himself a hideous burn on his wrist. Did you get any, like, slit wrist imagery off of this? That oh. this is... No. I mean, because that's exactly... Like, if you're going to cut your wrist to kill yourself, you mm-hmm. always slit... You don't slit horizontally across your wrist. Yeah. You slit vertically to get in there deep. And that's the kind of, you know... I, 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 that's what I saw as soon as I saw that, that there was a combination, like, you know, there's this uh, stigmata-type deal and the fact hmm. that it's almost like, uh, you know, this is Walt sealing his own death. Like mm. Mike said, I've never seen a man work so hard to avoid a $5 million payday. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, I am 99.9 I'm, – I'm five – I'm six sigma certain – the same certainty that uh, about the Higgs boson particle. I am six certain? sigma certain that Walt was going to die at the end of the season. The Walt is going to die at the end of the season. And, and season five so slash gonna, six, five yeah, A, gotcha. five B, whatever. That he is not yeah, going to live. He's not going to live through this. Huh. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's already one of my predictions. You know, everybody dies. So. Yeah. Well, I, was, I'm I'm with I you. wasn't sure if he's going to end up in a jail, but I am certain that this... You know, this this him slitting his wrists with science to escape this <laughs> $5 million payday. Again, free uh-huh. money. Free money. Yeah, it's, yeah. And it wasn't even free. They paid with this kid's life for it. Mm-hmm. That that him turning this down is going to be the nail in his coffin. Could very well be. Uh, so next scene, uh, we open up with Saul talking to Hank and Gomi. Yeah, good to see Saul back in action. Yeah. I uh, love it. Discussing their illegal harassment of the client. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got this judge, uh, Papa Dumian, uh, who uh-huh. uh, who, who uh, Gomi says is like Ho Chi Minh, which I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get the reference. I don't, but... I don't get how yeah. a, a judge that's against police power in, in its in its indiscriminate use is similar to you know a communist rebel in vietnam <laughs> i really don't know that reference no. i don't get it uh but apparently it's going to be enough to back off the dea for at least 24 hours which is exactly the amount of time that mike needs to sell the methylamine to get this deal done which also puts yeah. a nice timer on the events of the next episode presumably and it's also yeah. going to give Mike a Kate little, you know, caged animal kind of feel, which is always fun mm-hmm. for the show. Well, he's got 24 hours to kill Walt. <laughs> yeah. He needs to do it soon. Yeah, because as as uh, Saul says, the hard-on the DEA has for you has mm-hmm. now reached Uncle Milty proportions. Explain so, that reference to me. I'm going to let Tyler Munn, okay. uh, one of our Facebook fans, uh, I learned this through listening to Bill Simmons a long time ago, but Uncle Milty is a reference to Milton Burl, the old comic, okay, yeah. who is famous for having a huge penis. <laughs> is that true? Yes. Wow. Okay. And he also good for you. He also for you, like he he'd get into these bets, like you know that I I guess 
again, rumor that he would get into bets about people about like who has a larger penis. Okay. And All he right. would only pull out enough to win the bet. <laughs> that was the other thing that he'd do. That he'd always like he'd never like get uh-huh. the full well, you'd never get another bet the again full if they Mon- knew the full... He would never get the full Monty Python out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He'd just show enough to win the bet. Sure. Then the next guy doesn't know, can I beat him? Right. Not sure. Right. You can keep making money, that monster. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's the reference that, that this is a huge, massive, legendary hard-on the DEA <laughs> is about to have for one Mike Mantrout. <laughs> awesome. Huh. So we get... Uh, are we ready to move on? We'd like uh, to discuss yeah. more elderly co- comic penis. No, no, no. I'm no. all for that. No. I just like uh, <laughs> Saul literally laying down the law on Hank. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Very nice. So uh, Mike returns back to the uh, Vominos home base, <laughs> finds out that the wagon that has the methylamine is gone, and just instantly pulls out his gun, puts it to Walt's <laughs> face. I'm going to count to three, and you're going to tell me where this shit is. Or and Jesse's screaming, you know, hear him out, Mike. He's got he a, counts fast. Yeah, he does. He's like, one, two. He was not fucking and with, with Walter. He says, we get our five million and he gets to keep his methylamine. And Walter says, everybody wins. And shows, the is look. his face the most punchable fuck? I didn't know Brian Cranston was <laughs> capable of having a face that punchable. I just can't believe the range of motion, uh, emotion that he can emote. I didn't know any human I mean, could could make that smug of a face. And it's so subtle, too. He never does it twice the same way. It's always slightly different. Yeah, like, I thought he couldn't get any smugger than because I said so. Uh-huh. But he, like, at least twice yeah. as smug as what I thought was his full <laughs> smug potential. Yeah. It's, because, a, it's breathtaking. Because he's got a gun to his head. All the guy has to do is pull the trigger, but he knows he can't. Yeah. He knows he won't. Yeah. Like ever, he fuck Meryl Streep. Yeah. He is Heisenberg. He's the one that knocks in this scene. You're gonna get a lot of feedback for that. Why? Because <laughs> I think people like Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep's an hey. attractive lady. I would have I would have relations with her. Oh, you that's all I was saying. Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, anything else you want to say about this particular episode? Uh, I want to know what do you think Walt's plan is for everybody to win. Because Mike's well, going to get his five million, Walt's going to get his methylamine. Yeah. Um, Any ideas? Any ideas? I I don't I don't know. I've got some yeah. some some theories from the uh, um, from from Facebook as far as what people think it's going to be. Well, didn't we just have this same cliffhanger two episodes ago? In what way? Uh, when Jesse comes out and says he's got the plan. Like, Walt's got a plan or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And we didn't find out until the next episode. Um, so they're doubling up on us. So Alex C. from Facebook said he thought the Everybody Wins deal will be he sells stock options to Jesse and Mike. And they're allowed to start selling starts <laughs> to, to sell starting in six months. So he basically stock is going to give them, yeah, like $5 million and let them buy out. And then he's going to go away and make the meth and then somehow pay them back. I don't know that Mike would buy that. Yeah, Mike uh, wants out now. Right. Brooke uh, McAllister from Facebook said, could Walt's idea be a, to sell the methylamine to Declan, but tip him off to Hank in some way in order to keep the Empire alive and be rid of any competition? That would be a smart play. Hmm. Like, you know, say that they're going to sell it and then tip off the DEA that there's a major methylamine uh, de- deal going down. 
Yeah. And pick all those guys up. Except for, I don't think Declan is the big boss. Because oh. he's like, you got to take this back to your people and get it tested and all that stuff. I think mm-hmm. that he is kind of a Mike-level contact and organization. Wow. Certainly okay. important, but I don't think – I don't get the whiff that he's the boss. Well, he said he was talking to his people and they could put together that kind of cash. So that implies that there is certainly at least one other person who's funding him. I just never got that he was the boss. I got that uh-huh. he was like the Mike of their organization, yeah. which would be could appropriate. Be. I mean – What if – Walt waters down the methylamine. They've already talked about it. That seems like it's they would know because they're going to analyze the gallon and analyze the other nine hundred ninety nine, and that would uh, you know, like Walt call. said, even a few percent off, and it's going to be different. I mean, you could just weigh it and know that's different. Yeah, but hmm, did they take that one gallon? I don't know. They don't, After I don't the think deal they went south, it. I don't think they showed it. Yeah, they didn't show it, so we don't really know. But I don't think you can dilute. At 33% and have it. You oh, know. certainly not. Yeah, yeah. No. That's what they're talking about. Now, like I said. But even 4%. Is it possible that he, because remember. Is a barrel. Remember that in, in the beginning of this season, uh, season one, he was teaching chemistry and he's talking about the, I, I believe they're called like uh, coral. That's the name or chi- maybe it's chiral. Oh, yeah, Where yeah. you've got the uh-huh. one, and then you've got the flip side of it. Yeah. It's very chemically similar, but they have a the different effects. I wonder if he's going to somehow manufacture <laughs> a bunch of bogus methylamine uh-huh. that you would have to have, knowing these guys are not intending to use it. They just want to buy it up so the blue meth goes away. They don't know how to make that cook. Hmm. So he's going to make something that's chemically similar to methylamine, but innocuous, so that their chemists will think that's what it is, and then they're going to dispose it and not know. Now, my point is... It seems like this Declan character is going to be very unhappy. <laughs> yeah. If any blue meth shows up. Uh-huh. Period. So yeah. how that how that gets, you know, Mike and Jesse and and Walt out of the game, or at least Mike and Jesse, I don't know. I don't really know either. I mean, I this is one we're going to have to wait till next episode to find out what his plan is. Mhm. So, anything else before we go in the feedback? No, I think that's it. Actually, there is one other thing. It's our sponsor, Audible. Oh, if you okay. go to audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove, you can start a free account uh, and get one free audiobook download of your choice. Now, mm-hmm. I've been making it my habit to recommend. First oh. week, I recommended the Game of Thrones series, which is mm-hmm. uh, – or the Song of Ice and Fire, rather, if I want to be a nerd about it. Yeah. Uh, they have all the unabridged editions there. I Last recommended week, you the unabridged versions of Fifty Shades books. I think you <laughs> listened to all those, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, la- uh, last week I recommended the Dresden Files. This week I'm going to do another topical suggestion. Hmm. Uh, I read this book last year; thought it was fantastic. It's Raylan by Elmore Leonard. Yeah, and it's, it's on there. Base. It's a complete unabridged edition. Nice. It's basically the imagine like season two and three of the Justified series through a Funhouse prism. Okay. Like they change, there's a lot of the same situations and, and dialogue, but it's kind of rearranged and there's several completely different and new heists, which might give you preview for some of the uh, plots for season four. Okay. And it's just great. It's, it's, it's great. Uh, you know, Elmore Leonard dialogue and it simultaneously made me appreciate the source more because a lot of this fantastic dialogue you want to credit to the writers of the show actually came right out of the book. And some of the ideas and heist, but also nice. see how they took like a very rough idea that maybe not worked because it's almost a series of short Raylan stories. Mm-hmm. They're kind of somewhat connected, 
some of them were really rough and didn't work. And then on the screen, yeah. they combined two or three of those to make a really solid yeah. storyline. So the series is kind of like the James Bond series. Yeah. Where you've got a character who kind of runs through all the books. Yeah, yeah which is random. They're, they're not really connected to scenarios. So if you're, you're a Justified fan or a Bald Move fan and like to get into you know the series Justified, I think that's a, a great – they actually have all of the Raylan series, like writing, yeah. the, writing the rap and Fire in the Hole and all those nice. that, uh, that the series are based on. So – I'm going to have to get on those. I actually was on there today listening to Speaker of the Dead. I'll probably Ooh. take some shit for listening to Orson Scott Card stuff. But, Why? Uh, in, Ender's Game is such a good book. It is. I, will, fight, I, read that I will strip off my shirt and fight anyone <laughs> that has a problem with reading Ender's Game because fucking Orson Scott Card's a Mormon. Uh, sure. You're Fair a dumbass if that's the only reason you haven't read that book. But uh, the the person who reads it is real good, and it was it was pretty cool. Cool. So I'm into that. There's two solid recommendations. Audiblepodcast.com slash bald move. They have over 100,000 unabridged editions there. And again, uh, bald move audience exclusive. You can get your free thing there. I think we've... Uh, Sufficiently pinched. We've sha- yeah, we've shaken the sweet, sweet bald move ass enough for Audible. <laughs> All right. And well, we're we- ready, ready to shake the listener's uh, booty. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you wash today, people. Uh, <laughs> feedback section. That's all me. Uh, so we got a lot of feedback on the implausibility of the train heist scenario in Dead Freight. How interested are you? Because I'm not very interested in hearing a lot of the implausibilities. Uh, I wasn't going to read a lot of the feedback. Uh, thank you, everyone who did send in feedback about that. I know there are quite a few holes in that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked as really good tension mm-hmm. in that episode. Uh, but I don't think we should examine it too closely. Yeah, I mean, you either either buy it or you didn't. And yeah. I've watched it four times, and I watched it again today. Oh, um, and it still is is riveting. And yes, the problems yeah. are there, and I'm aware of them. But every time that music starts, I still get a little caught up in it. Yeah, and, and I guess I give them a little leeway on what Lydia could have told them and when. Exactly. Because uh, they don't actually show us any of that. So. And someone mentioned on Facebook, like a couple defense, that I guess there's some, uh, you know, regulations for you have to be at least five or six cars back from the engine before you can have a, a hazardous substance. Oh. Um, hmm. Which make so that would make sense. I mean, they didn't really come out and say it, but if some of that got lost in the editing, that Jesse would know mm-hmm. that you know you've got to at least have X amount of cars before you've got the hazardous substances, and mm-hmm. they've got the history that Lydia has with these manifests, and mm-hmm. I, I find it entirely plausible that they would know within two or three cars, yeah, that you know they could carry it away, and that's why Jesse got so excited about the distance. I'm, I'm buying yeah. the fact that there was a little bit of information we didn't have there. Yeah, same here. Uh, so let's move on to last week's feedback. Okay. Uh, Nate B. has a question for us. He wants to know, is Lydia Mike's ex-wife? No. Am I the only one who thinks this? Yes. <laughs> what? Enough. What evidence does he have? He, he doesn't provide any evidence. He just... Well, then no. There's no possible way he's, <laughs> right. he's, he's Mike's ex-wife. You're called out, Nate. Aaron <laughs> called you out. Uh, Chris M. says, I wonder if they realized that while bugging Mike's office, Walt left prints everywhere. Hank's office. Hanks, yeah. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Uh, He wrote Mike's. That was not my screw-up, Chris. (laughs) Sick. Uh, On the plug, on the back of the computer, and the bug. Lots of holes this season. What do you think about that? Fingerprints everywhere. Only if they don't get the bugs out. Yes. We have not seen that part yet. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, that's part of the plan. That is something that we can probably... Uh, that That is something that we will have to wait. I mean, 
it's only a bug if it's only it's only a problem if they find the bugs and don't think to dust it for prints and don't connect it to Walter. Mm-hmm. So until that happens, you now it was sh- risky. Of yeah. Walt, oh, yeah. but geez, is anyone does anyone doubt Walt would go with this kind of risk? He just robbed <laughs> a goddamn train of a thousand gallons of methylamine and shot a kid. Yeah, and the reward is pretty strong. In yeah, this scenario. I well, mean, you get the information on what the police hell are doing. Yeah, hell yeah. So, and it's already paid off multiple times. Yep. So, I think it was worth it. Uh, AJ actually has a pretty interesting. Uh, well, he sums up pretty well Walt's. Um, kind of transformation and mindset uh, over the past five seasons or whatever. Uh, and I kind of wanted to read it. It's a little bit long, but bear with me. All right. I'll bear. Uh, he wants to weigh in on all the Walter White hate. Let's keep in mind that although we've experienced a transformation of Walter White over the last five years or so, he's experienced it in just over a year. Yep. A year ago, Walt was an un- underachieving brainiac, not respected at home and not respected at work. He walks around with the looming failure of his career because of what happened with the company he helped start and how he was pushed out. And he clearly feels powerless because he could have tried to make another path for himself. He could have taught at a community college until he finished his Ph.D., gone to work for another company, or started one of his own again. But he has done none of that. Instead, he stews in his own private failure soup and basically straps in waiting to die. Cancer comes as a wake-up call to Walt. And while many of us thought or many of us might not have made his choice to cook meth. Once he did choose that, everything else kind of logically followed. Cook meth, got to sell it. Buyers try to kill him, got to defend ourselves. Mm -hmm. Not all are dead. Lock the survivor up to stay safe. Survivor Mm -hmm. tries to kill you, kill him instead. Mm -hmm. Still need money, sell the meth. Not making enough to take care of his family, got to sell more. Tuco robs Jesse, another case of someone stealing his brilliance. Use chemistry and balls to take it back. We're now about two months into Breaking Bad timeline, and all of a sudden, Walt is a bit of a badass. He feels alive. He feels powerful. People respect him. Most importantly, he respects himself. Everything from there to where we are now is just as inevitable as the beginning part if you add in the part of a powerless man finally feeling powerful. It's easy to say he's just letting his ego get the best of him. However, it's clear to me that old Walter White hated himself, and the new Walter White wouldn't even speak to the old Walter White. What many viewers are seeing is ego fulfillment. I think Walter White sees as pure self-preservation. This Mr. Chips to Scarface transformation is almost a view of what could happen to almost any given uh, anyone given the proper starting conditions. I think that's that's a pretty good takedown of or a rundown of Walt's yeah. mindset. Like I said, I think that at this point, it's hard to say that it's very hard to say that this is self-preservation right now when he's yeah, got when he's a, got the out. This I, I feel like this is last week, so I'm not going to be too this hard is, on the guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's I would like to see the last of the Walter White defenders say that this is just for family. This is any kind of honorable. Or I mean, if you're if you're yeah. cheering him on in a Tony Montana type of way, fine. I get but that. It has totally. to be purely as the villain. Uh huh. Yeah. So definitely. Uh, Chance writes in when we were playing the name game. It made him think of the nine guys uh, in jail who Team Science are paying to keep quiet. And he says about them, uh, Dead Freight is just empty cars that you have to pay to transport. These guys in jail contribute nothing to the operation, but must be paid out of necessity. Until Walt takes Lydia's list of names and starts making conjugal visits with kind words and rice and cupcakes. (laughs) So uh, he was trying to come up with our third option for the name game last week. All right. Oh, we forgot to play the name game this week. Oh, let's do it right now. 
okay, so name game. Uh, buyout. Wow. Well, obviously Gray Matter. But Walt's bought out in Gray Matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike and Jesse want to be bought out. Uh-huh. And Declan wants to buy out the entire supply of the Heisenberg Blue. Yep. Supply and demand. So there's three different buyouts. Is there anything that I missed? Any, like, metaphorical buyouts? Yeah. I I don't think so. All right. So Skyler buying anybody out? <laughs> no. Uh, he's She's buying out the local Costco of, of cheap white wine, I think. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, nothing wrong with that. All right. <laughs> Kenny writes in with uh, defense of Jesse. Uh, a lot of people seem to have been bashing Jesse in the podcast for 505 for suddenly being able to come up with the good ideas. Uh, I think people should remember that while immature and reckless, he never actually does anything quote-unquote dumb. Uh, despite his knowledge of chemistry and random facts, Walt causes most of the problems in the partnership. Right. Based on the existing relationship between Jesse, Crazy 8, and Emilio, I think Crazy 8 would have taken interest and sold the product if Emilio wouldn't have recognized Walt from the DEA bust. Later on, Jesse tries to persuade Walt not to do business with Tuco without knowing him, but they end up in that mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, I think it's perfectly reasonable for him to get a good idea from time to time, especially when the heat is on. Mm-hmm. Remember, if Jesse had this idea... Uh, when there was not a desperate need for it, Walt probably would have immediately dismissed it as stupid and impossible. That's a good point. Okay. Uh, Jesse does have ideas that Walt just says, screw that. Sure, sure. It's terrible. Um, let's see. So here's one. Uh, and again, just like I said last damning week. Damning with faint praise for you here. I really think that you can explain his ego, his... his um, Competence bump by the fact that he's not using anymore. I mean, like I said, yeah, we talked absolutely. about the problem dog episode where he where he talked about his, you know, or I think maybe it wasn't that one, but he talked about his awesome, you know, I forget no, a piece of furniture. Dog. Yeah, he well, the, he broke the, down and the piece told of the group, and he's, when he's at the piece of furniture that he made and he sold it all for you know to pay yeah. for meth. I mean, he the can execute at a high level when he's challenged to do so. Yeah, that's a very good point. He's definitely not dumb. Yeah. Uh, Trevio has some comments that are going to be uh, a little bit of praise, a little bit of damnation for you, Aaron. For me? Yep. Bring it. Here it is. Uh, he told me to pass this along to you, so I'm doing it live on the air. Uh, <laughs> in spite of his, for an impressively literate guy, inexplicable mis- mispronunciations, constant misuse of the term beg the question, I think Aaron is great. So I'm sorry to have to blow the face <laughs> off of his Gomez's dirty theory. All right, do it. <laughs> so his reasoning. If that were so, there would have been no reason for him to go through the charade of knock and talk at the laundry in season four. Gomi wasn't really under the gun uh, and would have been able to get word to the organization about his impending visit, not have to engage in such chicanery, chicanery. I'm going to start getting you're, damnation you're look, you're too look, you're looking to me to correct you on that Staring come down on the barrel of a grammar gun <laughs> with dennis the laundry <laughs> manager uh unnecessary unnecessary would have been the story of the supposed heroin bust of the senator's son uh and using the legal trickery of having dennis invite the other inspector with his dog into the facility we now know that dennis was deep enough in gus's organization that he would have been privy to any knowledge of a legal threat to the operation so, decent point. All right. Uh, he's got a couple more. Gomez was also a little too curious and alert to his environment as he walked through the laundry on his inspection. In one shot, he was totally alone, no other characters around to whom he would have had to put up any kind of front, and his expression was one of genuine curiosity, and the facility had his rapt attention. Hmm. There's no way that he had prior knowledge that he was standing on a meth lab. 
And finally, even if the whole thing were an elaborate charade, he certainly would not have surreptitiously brought in drug-sniffing dogs when even Hank made no suggestion of that. That would have endangered the criminal organization for whom he was allegedly working. Uh, and then he says, none of this is to say that there isn't a mole in the DEA, but it would be some awfully sloppy storytelling if it turned out to be Gomez. Well, okay, so here's here's a thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say that, you know, like, like we've, because Villigan's basically said, I'm not going to sell the rank and file DEA guys out. Yeah. Uh, but we've kind of talked about speculation. Does that extend, that courtesy extend to the, you know, the muckety mucks, rear echelon motherfuckers, the, uh-huh. um, the, the pukes or whatever the, they, the DEA calls it. Um, if it doesn't, then what if there's a guy above him who's assigning an inept agent like Gomez to the case <laughs> just and, and, and trying to constantly uh-huh. get Hank off the case? You know, it's like maybe okay. that's where the corruption goes. So Gomez isn't dirty. He's just dumb. Because that's the one I will used. say. And here's the other thing is that's the one instance I can think where Gomez appeared like he – his he knew his ass from a hole in the ground yeah when he kind of tricked that guy into letting him in yeah like he like we even talked about like that's almost hank light you Uh know uh it's fairly smooth it's the only time he's ever been that way so what are the odds that you know that wasn't still an elaborate act well, I think he laid out some good reasons. I, I mean, mean yeah, I haven't gone but, back and watched it again, but but if if you know, it's like I just don't know. We don't know if if he's dirty. What objective is he serving? You know, sure. what if he works for the cartel? <laughs> okay, now you're reaching. I don't know. Yeah, all I over am. the place. I just what feel if like, he works for Mike. I just feel like there's two. There's something hinky going on at the fucking DEA. Yeah. All right. And it might not play out, but fair whatever. enough. Uh, Justin 408 says, two episodes ago, I predicted that one of Walt's children would die. I predicted it would be Holly. Last episode, in the scene where Hank is holding her, she is wearing a pink bear outfit. As we all know, the pink Ooh. bear on Breaking Bad is the kiss of death. You remember the airline crash, right? We talked about this last week because I think she, did. she wore the, the bear outfit, which is fucking cute, I gotta say. <laughs> says, it'll be sad when she dies because it will mark the complete death of Walter White. And his wife is sure that Walt Jr. will die in a tragic car accident, uh-huh. as are you, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure, especially... Yeah. Uh, That's an official prediction of yours, isn't that it? That is an official prediction yeah. as of last week. And I think that this something about this week uh, is, makes it even stronger. Like, why is that? Why did I think that this is even more in the bag? Keep talking, maybe we'll come All right, I'm going to read Andrew A.'s email from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I'm a couple episodes late, but I was hoping there was still time for a take on the swimming pool. Seems to me that escaping to the swimming pool is becoming a trope within American popular television and film. I was immediately reminded of the scene from The Graduate where Dustin Hoffman escaped the anxiety and pressure of adult life by floating face down in the pool. Skyler's face conveys a similar piece. Hmm. Uh, also, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Doesn't Cameron jump yeah, in the pool after right. the mileage goes up on the car? You're right. Yeah. Uh, instead of or coming to terms with facing his father's wrath, I guess. I yeah, I gotta say, I do love swimming, and it is. I've done that before, where it's like you know, if you're having a bad day, just do the dead man's float for half hour. Uh-huh. You know, take a breath every twenty thirty seconds. It's remarkably relaxing. Uh, he goes on further. Her motivation for diving into the pool is threefold. Uh, there were the two motivations we talked about, um, with Walt just annoying the crap out of her and her trying to get the kids out of the house, but also. Seems to be a form of baptism into Walt's world, an acceptance of the finality of her fate with Walt, and that ultimately they both will die. Ooh. This acceptance gives her peace, evident in her facial expression in the pool. 
After she emerges from this baptism, she is fully resigned, telling Walt she will be whatever kind of partner he wants her to be. Uh-huh. Kind of like that. It's uh, very metaphorical there. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. I uh, like the baptism. Did you, did you figure out what you were looking for there? Hell no. No? All right. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Merms from Chicago says, you mentioned in the last podcast that after Walt kills slash has someone killed, he takes on some traits from that person. But you neglected to mention one of the most important traits Heisenberg stole from the two drug dealers he ran over in his Aztec. Uh-huh. The use of innocent children in his quest for power, money, and crystal domination. Leads me to think about what characters he would, what characteristics he would take on if he killed more important characters, like a love of breakfast from Walt Jr., <laughs> saying "Yo, bitch" from Jesse, or a purple <laughs> obsession like Marie. <laughs> he murders Marie and starts dressing all in purple. How awesome would that be? That would be fucking phenomenal. A big purple cape. Mm-hmm. He's into the empire business after all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex in the UK, I felt the need to send this email after the guy, I forget his name, in the last podcast pointed out Holly speaking when she goes, mama, 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 to Marie. Uh, as a student of linguistics, this remark infuriated me, as that is not speech, not in big, bold letters, but a phenomenon known as, oh boy, uh, echolalia, echolalia, uh. where babies just repeat the same sounds over and over as a form of vocal exercise. And it is commonly mistaken for speech. So yeah, it's most likely well, just an unrelated occurrence from the baby playing Holly. I agree. Totally yeah, agree. And I've seen, like, my former in-laws, man, were crazy about, like, saying that my son could say he's a Latin or <laughs> my niece and all that. And I'm like, he said automatopoeia. Yeah, right? <laughs> and he knew the meaning. <laughs> right. I mean, no, he's just fucking babbling, man. Uh-huh. So I don't get it. Uh, I, I will let the listeners in on a little secret. Oh. Behind the scenes secret here. I sometimes read speculation and theories that I totally don't agree with. Okay. <laughs> all right. I just for fun, you know. You got to you got to consider all the angles. Sure, sure. So, there's that. I don't think you're really that far in the closet of that, my friend. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh on topic, I noticed there were no remarks about Hank's line, I'm never going to give her back or I'm never giving her back. I thought we did talk possible about evidence. that. I thought so too. Yeah. Uh, you must have missed it, Alex. Go back and listen again. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we didn't, but I, I thought we did. I definitely noticed it, and that this week makes yeah. uh, a, you know, a trend. All right. Uh, Breaking Baddict writes in. I like that name, by the way. Uh, to expound on your callback concept and how Walt is evolving into Gus, there were two references in Crawl Space, uh, because he or she, I can't remember, had watched uh, Crawl Space not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that were foreshadowing this transformation. No, I'm not going to say Mr. Chips becomes Scarface, over-gilliganized. Instead, when Walt tells Gus Jesse will never turn on him, Gus says he'll come around. The same thing Walt says to Skyler in 51. Also, when the Trace Amigos are telling Todd about the train heist caper, Todd comments, you guys think of everything. And Jesse and Walt smirk all, yeah, bitch. <laughs> this harkens to when Jesse is in the MASH unit in Mexico holding the bag of Mike's blood after Evil Doc says... Jesse's blood type, weight, height, allergies, etc. Jesse says, you thought of everything. Yeah. Uh, Crystal Shep writes in, I'm wondering if Walt's breakdown was perhaps twofold. Not only did it get Hank out of his office so the devices could be planted, but also to get Hank off the scent. Maybe Walt is concerned that Hank is considering that he could be Heisenberg. A tearful scene like that would make Hank think, yeah, still the same old Walt. A guy that cries like that could never be a notorious meth maker and murderer. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good point. Oh, I totally buy that. Uh, Dave M. from PA. So we've had about three or four shots of Walter this year where all we see is his torso. I think this is foreshadowing something 
uh, I think this is foreshadowing, much like the finger tapping and dinging sounds we heard here and there early in season four, the foreshadowed ding boom. I think Walt's death will have to be more epic than Gus. What could be more epic? Decapitation. I equate Walt somehow to Macbeth. Macbeth, like Walt, a wanted to be people. king no matter what. I know. Yeah, a lot of people came out. The I, I wonder if there was like somebody that wrote an article because like it's weird how many yeah. people came out with the Macbeth reference this week. Uh, but he says, you know how Macbeth was killed, right? Uh, Got beheaded by his former friend. Mm. Mm. C- Cynthia Brooke uh, said uh, on Facebook that she likes to call him uh, Macbeth. Macbeth. <laughs> I like it. Sounds like a McDonald's sandwich. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> Apparently, there was a New Yorker uh, article in the New Yorker that talked about them. Uh, does it have, like, quotes? Uh, I don't know, because I'm, I'm just now reading this. But okay. uh, it's a long-form critique of it, and uh, maybe that's where all this uh, McMeth stuff is coming from, because that's from the article. Okay. I need to read that. I didn't have time to today. All right. Well, let's doing move this on, on a to... Monday is kind of fucking me up because I haven't yeah, been able to listen to Seppenwall's podcast or Breaking mm-hmm. Bad Insider, and yeah, definitely all screwed up. Uh, let's move on to this week's feedback, shall yeah. we? Chance writes in: This was an awesome episode for me. Villigan and crew always find a way for Walt to use chemistry or electrical prowess to get out of a situation. Uh, that reminds me. Obviously, we found out why electricity was important. Yeah, uh, as Villigan mentioned last week. Yeah, I forgot to talk about that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Chance goes on, One thing that bothered me was when Mike listened to Walt's bug. In both scenes, one in his house and the other in the car with Saul, he cut the feet off once Hank said something that sounded final, but wouldn't listen any further. I know it's a TV show and they only have so much time, but I couldn't help but think of Mike cutting off the feed right before Hank says something important like, Oh, go me, start trailing Pinkman too. The next time Mike parks his car, follow him around the block. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, isn't, isn't that pretty common practice? You you just listen to part of it, and if it doesn't sound uh, like there's anything incriminating, you go on. Because there's so much. I actually think that's the law. It wasn't in that a point in, as far in, as recording. In, in The Wire that, like, if uh-huh. the first 30 seconds didn't seem like it had any criminal yeah. activity that you had to switch off. Yeah. And so they'd call people up and just chat for mm-hmm. a couple minutes mm-hmm. and then talk to business. Right. Uh, Michael D. says, I had a real problem with the climax of this episode. First, if Mike expected Walt to come take the methylamine and was already there, why didn't he move it first? Hmm. Uh, second, I do not believe that Mike would have, or Mike would leave Walt unattended, bound only by, the, by a quarter inch of plastic in the same place as a methylamine. I understand that they need to set up whatever conflict has come with the other dealers, but to show Mike to be smart enough to predict Walt's moves, but dumb enough not to stop it, left me bothered. Uh, usually Breaking Bad is so tightly plotted and well-characterized that I can overlook some of the luck and logic leaps necessary for the plan to come together, but this was just a swing and a miss. Oh, I couldn't disagree more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, he's he's got a point. Mike did make a mistake by just leaving him there, and you said as much during our recap. Right. Uh, so <laughs> I guess I don't disagree that much. <laughs> Ryan says, the entire episode was worth it just for that dinner scene. Oh, man. And Jesse taking that drink might be my favorite moment of the entire show. Uh-huh. Yeah, so good. Uh, Alexander says, I was thinking about Hank suspecting Walt, and it seems a bit far-fetched that he gives it literally no consideration whatsoever that we know of. In season three's Sunset, Hank comes inches away from catching Jesse Pinkman and proving that he cooks and sells meth by trapping him in an RV. Hank gets called call that Maria's hurt, which turns out to be a fake call. 
Uh, Hank actually tries to wrap his mind around how Jesse could know who his wife was. And after beating the shit out of Jesse, he doesn't think about Jesse's connection to Walt. Wouldn't he at least consider their connection, then perhaps retrace his step back through time when both Jesse and Walt were missing for two days, the missing lab supplies of Walt's school days, after Walt's diagnosed with cancer, etc.? I'm not saying he would immediately think Walter is Heisenberg, but wouldn't he at least consider the possibility? It's only been a year, man. We talked about this last week. Like, you know, his cop instinct is to make a snap judgment and pretty Uh much hold to that judgment. And that's a strength of policemen and a weakness of them. Yeah. And it's consistent with, you know, one of my one of my best friends is a Metro cop for Indianapolis. And mm-hmm. I got to say, I mean, he reminds me a lot of Hank in a lot of ways. Oh, Good yeah. and bad. Huh. All right. Moving on. Brian H. writes in, the spider is going to be the downfall. Melt down all the evidence in a barrel, but leave a glass jar full of fingerprints of a missing boy. Not smart. Walt is sitting in his throne in his house talking to Jesse about empires Shot low, high arms on the chair to give the feeling Walt is on a throne. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I did like that shot a lot. Yep. Uh, prediction for next week. Walt's master plan. Instead of Declan getting rid of the blue meth problem, Walt is going to offer to be his supplier of not just methylamine, but meth, like hmm. he said. Uh, the blue stuff. He's offering Declan the Colonel's secret recipe of eight spices. <laughs> oh, wait. That's another chicken joint. That way he doesn't need to, uh, Mike to be a street guy. Declan will push the product. Yeah, that seems very. See that. that seems very likely that this is where this headed. Yeah, yeah. Just transfer all the blue meth to that guy and mm-hmm. pay out Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil from the UK says, "Seeing Jesse at the table with Walt and Skyler crystallized for me why he is the best character in the show. Truly lovable and enjoyable to watch that scene. Such a shame he shot Gale, uh, and then he says he will die. So I guess he's the karma is going to come back and bite him." <laughs> Uh, TV, but he also goes on, TV has never been so predictable as when Mike said to Walter, I've got to attend to something. Even the dead kid would have been able to predict that Walter would have escaped. So obvious, so predictable. Really sloppy writing, and the story didn't progress at all. Nine episodes left, guys. Do these people not remember? What? Say so that again. He didn't like it. What? Uh, he didn't like the fact that Mike just left Walt there, uh, duct, or not duct taped, uh, Wrapped to the yeah, radiator. Yeah, I mean, I, that seems... I, the only thing... That seems to be the trendy thing in law enforcement. Those plastic handcuffs? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've i noticed that a lot when I... Because I do ride-alongs with my buddy every once in a while. And when I'm doing roll call, I'm amazed at how many cops have, in addition to real handcuffs, uh-huh. those things hung on their belt. is like, when are you going to handcuff 100 people? Yeah. Because that's literally like... Unless you live in New York. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're working a protest or something, and, uh-huh. and you're, like, down to oppress the protesters, then uh-huh. fine. But, I mean, a really well-made pair of handcuffs are damn near impossible. Yeah. Like, they got these ones that don't even have chains. They're just, like, hinged. Uh-huh. And there's, like, no effing way you can get out of that if they're put on properly. Yeah, I agree. Unless you pull a Merle. <laughs> <laughs> Cut your hand off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, JJ from Chattanooga says, Last week, I wrote an impassioned email defense of Walter uh and the decisions that he has made up to this moment forget all that <laughs> walt mm. is a selfish foolish prick who's going to destroy everyone's lives yep the reveal that he sold his stock in the 2.16 billion dollar gray matter for five thousand bucks explains a lot of walter's character flaws uh mike underestimated walt in the shop otherwise he would have simply killed him yes i don't know why he did not kill him um, and he says he's making an official prediction that Jesse will attempt to secretly notify the parents of the boy that their son has died. 
This will lead the police to Jesse. In the most ironic situation, Jesse will spend the rest of his life in jail for killing a child. <laughs> horrible, horrible ending for Jesse. All right. Uh, Drew M. says, last, last night's episode of Breaking Bad was great. From the creepy, somber disposal of the dead child all the way to the chill-inducing delivery of the line, everyone wins. Woo-hoo. Todd seems to be the guy that will ultimately undo Walter's situation. I don't know how, but the tarantula jar seems like an obvious thing to link the murder to him. The dinner scene was, in my opinion, my favorite scene of the entire series. Blended humor and skin-crawling awkwardness very well, and it led us to a point that answered uh, why I still cared about Walter. Eh, I don't know that I still care about Walter. Yeah, I, I find it very hard to connect with him at this point. Well, he tries to make a justification here. He says, when he said that the meth business was all that he had left, I felt for the guy. This whole series, I've had Walt's back been a supporter of his even when the going got tough i could brush aside him poisoning brock because if some madman threatened my two children i would poison someone else's kid to get leverage over a former partner yeah fair point everything walt has done has been done for his family until now in a way we're back to season one walt even though the walt we have now is a dark murderous man walt has nothing in a sense we have wife skyler owning and one-upping walt in front of people we have a man that feels like he should be, uh, that he should be and wants to be in control, but is about as in control as he was when he was a lowly high school teacher. No matter how much control he thinks he has, Mike runs shit. Skyler has taken the kids away <laughs> and for the most part controls the home situation. I don't think Walt has ever been in control. Oh, God. Agreed with that. That reminds me of the Jane Silent Bob strike back scene where he records the video of him being the clip master. <laughs> oh, yeah. I make this shit work! <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh, boy. Uh, the last email here from Clay says, Jesus, what an opening. The sheer depth of Walt's moral deterioration has never been more prevalent in the series, in my opinion. This episode floored me on every level, but I'm curious to know your opinion regarding Steppenwall's position that there was just too much in the episode. I obviously don't agree, but I'd love to hear you guys address it. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, I read his review, and I think that... He is correct that in any other season that this would pr- the events that took place here go. would probably happen in over the course of two episodes. And the key is any other season. But they are trying, and I feel like they're they're really on the fine edge of going too fast uh-huh. or too slow. And they were on the edge of going too fast. But for me, and it was all on the strength of the performances and the right. Yeah. Everything came together to basically make that part, the part of me that would you know be like, what the fuck. Like, mm-hmm. sit down and just enjoy the thing. Same thing with the train thing. Like, I, you know, like with the magnet. I'm I'm not about picking apart a heist, but when they're done so well. Yeah. So. I, I agree with you. I think if the performance has been less on the nose, you might have been confused as to what's going on a little bit. Right. But the right. fact that they just pull it off so perfectly. Right. Uh, it's so easy to follow, even with the speed of these last few episodes. Uh-huh. So I I can see where a guy like Seppenwall, who is he's a professional critic, and a lot of things they do is forward looking. Like mm. you know, instead of yeah. just taking it as it comes, and we're guilty of this sometimes. I mean, that's why I had such a problem with the first episode. Instead of taking it as it comes, mm. they're like, "Wow, knowing what I know, and you know, talking to these people, it's like, how are they going to pull this off?" And you know, uh, obviously it didn't work for him. But but you got to expect season five. Uh, slash six whatever to be uh, a breakneck pace because they have to tell the rest of the story however much is left in those episodes they don't get any more mm-hmm. 
you know? So they, they have to cram it all in. Right. Uh, Clay goes on, also, am I the only one who thinks Walt's going to get rid of Mike next episode? He's absolutely fucking crazy now. There's no more it's for my family pretense, and as someone on Reddit actually pointed out, every action regarding his meth career calls for reevaluation in light of the recent revelations about gray matter. I, I couldn't agree more with that. This means that even the meek Walter who was supposedly trying to provide was really just a cranky, bitter asshole. So what do you think about this? Looking back, has Walt always been this person, and the only difference now is he has the means to really commit to his uh, anarchic desire for treachery? Well, I think that's one of the interesting questions the series raises, and I don't yeah. know the answer to that because I guess where I would be at is the 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 germ or the what am I trying to say? The 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 germ of who he is now was there in that man that was doing the step aerobics while looking at his Nobel Prize, dusty Nobel Prize. Uh-huh. That bitterness and frustrated male psyche had you know the the genesis of all this. But mm-hmm. I feel like this is a product of choices he made. He could have made you know. It's like a choose your own adventure book, and he's chose the worst choice every single time, and that's <laughs> yeah. where we're at. Like if he he's take, gone to page six six six, yeah. Like even now, this might be the la- this might go down as the last time he had a chance to get out uh, in in a good position. And again, what was his choice? Fucking empire. Yep. So, all right, that's it for emails. Uh, I got a couple uh, more things on Facebook. If I can go for it. Uh, power through that. Tommy Shelton had a prediction. Todd will become Walt's boy. His prison contacts will take out the nine guys of Mike for Walt, plus the prison contacts will be good for distribution. Wait, what? So he's going to kill the nine guys and use them for distribution? No, he's, he's his prison contact will take out the nine guys of Mike's guys for Walt, so they'll still remain silent and that legacy cost will be gone, okay. and they'll help him and be good for distribution. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, do you buy that? Because I, I don't see Jesse exiting at this point, and there's no fucking way he's going to let Todd have that kind of role in an organization that he's a part of. Jesse wants out. Jesse wants out, but Walt won't let him. Hmm. He just keeps manipulating him back in. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Right. Uh, Nikki P says, It was very uncomfortable to watch how being around Skyler made Jesse regress to his former inarticulate self. <laughs> couple people here were wondering recently if Skylar would connect Walt to Jesse, and it didn't seem feasible until the moment Walt came told him to come into the house. I'm not sure if he was being sloppy or passive-aggressive by doing that. Possibly the latter, based on how quick he was to use Jesse's presence as a direct aggression against Skylar, which she judoed back on him. What do you think of yeah. that? Uh, that's a good point. We kind of hinted about this um, last episode to where Walt Walt doesn't really care what Skylar thinks now. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's told him she's waiting for him to die. Mm-hmm. So what other, what other clues does Walt need to just not care? I think he brought Jesse in just to spite her. Yeah. But that was seemed like very sloppy play. You know, to bring, Why, though? He, he's bringing this to his house now. Like, like, Oh, from, for the outside world. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a sloppy move. You know, what would, what would happen if Hank dropped by? Uh huh. Like right then with Jesse's car parked out front and him being in there. I mean, uh-huh. this seems dumb. Uh, Brooke McAllister said, Jesse and Walt have now totally switched their opinions on money. I recently rewatched season three episode Kafka-esque 
the other day. Jesse is bitching about how little he and Walt are getting paid in comparison to Gus's whole intake. Mm-hmm. Walt just gets on at the work, ignoring his cries, and then goes straight back to his family. Slash Hank in the hospital. He clearly wants to see out his contract and be done with it at this point. What would you say were the main factors that changed his opinion? That's something we were just talking about five minutes ago, and I don't know. Yeah. Like, um, I, I can't believe that this gray matter has been the impetus the entire thing. I think somehow between season three and season five, yeah. he's fixated on it. And I think the Macbeth comparisons are very apt when it comes to that. Yeah, I'm not saying that that's this overweening ambition the for his. everything still. Right. Like I said, it's it's the beginning of it. And then his decisions after that have been motivated by pride and greed mm-hmm. more than anything. Yep. Um, so that's all I've got. Okay. Should we end this and go to spoilers? Uh, yeah, I guess you're wanting me to do the wrap up. Yeah, wrap <laughs> this thing up. Uh, so if you'd like to keep up on everything that Jim and I are doing and our buddies Eric and Jesse and Mad Brew... Uh, you can go to baldmove.com where you can find all of our podcasts, not just on Breaking Good. Uh, that's what we started with. But we've done The Walking Dead. We've done The Knights. Uh, we've done the Game of Thrones cast. We've done a Justified cast. We've got a Mad Men cast. We've got a general geek pop culture cast. It's it's huge, and you find it all on baldmove.com. If you'd like to leave us feedback, the best place to do that is at breakinggood at baldmove.com. If you'd like some real-time discussions with us and your fellow fans, Facebook.com slash BaldMove has got almost 1,100 people and routinely a comment thread on the episode with over 100 responses. It's amazing, and it's one of my favorite things now. And, Jim, you're getting some love on the live tweets you've been doing on Twitter. Man, I've been live tweeting. Yeah, go to at BaldMove, and and I've been live tweeting during the show. There's more tweets than i can respond to during the commercial breaks right and i pretty much don't check it actually during the show because i'm watching the show yeah he does it during the commercials so how can you support us i'm glad you asked uh share stuff on facebook and with your workmates and your friends and family if you know they're into breaking bad uh and you want to turn them on to our podcast that's great uh, you can also hopefully leave us a positive review on iTunes if you haven't already you might get there and like well these bastards have 300 reviews they don't need any uh our iTunes ranking is basically how much love we're getting mm. in recent times. And you want to see reviews? Go look at David Chin's podcast. Yeah, he's yeah. got like the, the that motherfucker's got like eight hundred <laughs> some reviews to our lowly three hundred. We're starting so. fake beef with Dave Chin here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not. It's it's one hundred percent. Oh, really? U.S. Grade A roast beef over here. <laughs> it's the triple triple cheddar beef that right. I got with him. Uh, so that helps us out, gets us in the, the, the um, you know, what's hot section and, and uh, gets us more listeners that way. And also, if you want to directly, you know, line our pockets with a little bit of uh, filthy, filthy money, you can use our Amazon affiliate link, amazon.baldmove.com. Again, you know, I'm not asking you to buy the stupid shit, but if you're buying stupid shit on Amazon anyway, we'd appreciate it if you use amazon.baldmove.com or use our little orange banner at the top of our baldmove.com site because that way we get a little tiny taste of that money you're sending amazon's way yeah and thanks to all the people who've been emailing saying hey i bought uh, whatever whatever uh on amazon and, and all the tweets we get right and also speaking of audible i think uh you know they're there's this is like a trial run with them they're like you know doing four weeks worth of advertising with us mm-hmm. and they're going to base further you know, uh, advertising involvement on how this performs. So if you've been listening to the podcast and you've heard the free audible stuff, we know it's been out there. 
but if you're curious at all and you want to sign up under our audible podcast.com slash bald move, um, I'm sure that would help us in the future uh, with advertising initiatives. So uh, yep. I've got a lot of feedback from people who have been turned on to audible by this and I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I mean, it's something I've been turned on to, so mm-hmm. it's all good. Is that it? I think that's it. We're ready for spoilers. And again, okay. <laughs> these are no shit spoilers. They're unconfirmed. Yeah. They come from the depths, the foulest Balrog infested portions of the internet. I'm talking 4chan. <laughs> oh, but they've also been deep. remarkably consistent with, you know, uh, you know, some of the other official leaks we've got. And mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about it um, because of several people have sent it into us. But if they turn out to be right, you're going to know the climax of episode eight for this season. So if you, I don't want to hear any goddamn whining. <laughs> if you send us emails saying you spoiled it, that's because I, I've never done this kind of like, you know, it's like I've always assumed that if you stay past the spoiler music, you're in uh, mood for spoilers. But yeah. I'm telling you that you have to be like super saying spoiler ready for this stuff. All right. I think that's fair enough warning. Yes. If not, we've done our best. There's nothing else to be done. So until next time, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you in the spoiler section if you're not a pussy. And we're back with the spoiler section. Go ahead and run the preview for next week. AMC's Breaking Bad. There are only two episodes left this year. The bug. The DEA will do a sweep. You need to get it out of there. I just want to get out. You're not done. You're not leaving. Because if you leave, you get nothing. Who the hell are you? You all know exactly who I am. Eisenberg. You're damn right. For a longer look. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. So there answers yeah. the question about the D, the bug. No one's forgot about the that. The bug, Walt's plan, I think, is spelled out pretty strongly there. That he's going to uh, approach Declan uh-huh. and, I guess, want to cook for himself? Cook for them? Yeah, and buy out uh, Mike. Hmm. It seems like it anyway. Yeah. I mean, why else would he be there? I wonder if it'll work. I guess, like, uh-huh. why wouldn't they want Heisenberg to cook for them? No kidding. I mean, his shit is the shit. Yeah. And he's got the precursor. Everything's ready to go. And the people heart- already know it. He's got the lab equipment. He's got a pretty good production method. So, uh-huh. you know, yeah. with the, the, the tents and all that, I, uh, it might work. Definitely. Apologize if you're hearing that. We're, like, getting a driving rainstorm, and we're sitting underneath a big skylight. So if, if any of that comes across, uh, if not, we'll just sound like idiots. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, I feel like, I feel like, just, hour and a half. I feel like there's ants crawling on me, too. Can, do you feel that, Jim? Uh, all right, so we got a couple of spoiler emails uh, with hints at what's going to happen in the next episode. And we're going to save the, and the biggest for last. So, again, yep. God damn it, if you don't want to be spoiled, get off of this cast now. Uh, so... Loyal listener Luke sent in an email with a couple of things. But first of all, um, he has some episode synopses, synopses, I don't know how you say that, uh, for episode seven. <laughs> Again, you're asking me, what what madness is this? Uh, we already know that episode seven is going to be called Say My Name. We've talked about that. But say he, my name. He gave us a synopsis for it. Walt takes control over business matters. Mike deals with the consequences of his action. Uh-huh. 
No hints there. Zero hints. Right? I guess. What? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not much there. But then we move on to the half-season finale. Uh, We got a lot of people who wrote in about this. Three of them are Diamond Rattler, Rhonda, and loyal listener Luke as well. And uh, on Facebook, Wes uh, Wes Miller. All right. Uh, They say episode eight is going to be called Gliding Over All. Mm -hmm. Um, And the synopsis is Walt takes care of loose ends. Walt makes a dangerous decision. And I think we know what those loose ends are based on your huge spoiler. But before we do that, um, Gliding Overall is actually the name of a poem by Walt Whitman. Uh, And I guess I'll go ahead and read this. It's really short. Uh, It's about five lines here. It says, Gliding over all, through all, through nature, time, and space, as a ship on the waters advancing, the voyage of the soul, not life alone, death many deaths i'll sing do you read any meaning into that well the many deaths yeah i'm hoping for a lot of deaths yeah i mean that's the (laughs) obvious uh the thing too so i'm not a sick bastard it's just my prediction hinges on it do you think that there's going to be uh there's going to be a connection made between walt walt whitman and walter white by hank you know that's just is that going to be like one of the closing moments that, that um, Hank has a realization about Walt. I mean, it certainly could. We probably should talk about this in context of the big spoiler. Okay, are we, because that could contribute to it. Are we ready to get get down and dirty on this? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So this again comes from you know the, the TV subreddit on 4chan, which I don't recommend anyone going to. It's like way worse than Reddit. Hive of scum and villainy. Yeah, you might see God knows what on this. But a lot of these, a lot of the spoilers, uh, like for example, the they turn out to be true, like um, Gus's face being blown off, mm-hmm. Sophia being found in the barn, um, the exact details of the Rick slash uh, Shane confrontation. Yep. We're known weeks ahead of time, and we're you know the, gen- the in addition to the other sources we had, they also came about the same time on 4chan. Now I haven't heard from any inside sources directly this time, but I have seen this thread on 4chan that got forwarded to us. So I'm going to just present it as is. Okay. Um, this guy claims to be in a job that involves post production on AMC's Breaking Bad. It's Kelly Dixon. It's Kelly Dixon. <laughs> Said the scene that we're working on, it takes place in the kitchen of their house and then in the living room. Walter's telling Skylar that he can handle whatever the some woman is trying to do to him. And he doesn't have any idea who it is. Um, but Skylar's freaking out. Now, there's, you could it's guess it's Gretchen. It's got to be Lydia, right? Gretchen. All right. Anyway, Skylar's freaking out because something bad must have happened and Walt uh, keeps trying to calm her down. Now, again, some of the spoilers I read, I can't remember where, but season seven. Or episode seven points to Holly being endangered. Mm-hmm. So Skylar's hysterical. Um, he keeps telling her that he can't just run away at this point and that he has a plan. Um, she says uh, uh, she starts to lose it at that and starts bringing up things he's done, accusing him of being a murderer. Uh, she says that she's done with everything and can't live this way and says she's going to the DEA and taking the kids. Oh. She starts going for the door and Walt runs up behind her, grabs her arm, then she slaps him. This apparently is the last straw for Walt because he loses it, throws her on the ground, proceeds to choke her. It's really messed up. He's crying over her and screaming stuff like, this was for us. He chokes her until she's either unconscious or dead. She looks dead to this person. 
Um, he 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 says that he looks dead to her or him. Uh, then the camera pans up with him curled up on the floor next to her crying. So wow, that's now crazy. there was also a leaked note that was verifying this, and all of these on spoiler TV forums, which are monitored. Uh-huh. And within hours, they were all deleted by the moderators. And usually, hmm. only legit spoilers get <laughs> yeah. deleted by the mods. So this serves as kind of a quasi-confirmation of this. Yeah. Um, in this production notes, they had a nickname of the main character who's going to die, and the nickname was Blue. Sky equals Blue. Hmm. What do you think about that? I, I mean, I have to trust it with the, the rumors that we had floating around last season. Right. Wow, that's going to be an intense scene. So, if that is true, uh-huh. um, and it's consistent with a lot of the speculation that we've had, and you know, it wraps up neatly a lot of things. Like if if Holly, like the popular speculation is, if Holly's endangered in season in, in, in uh, episode seven, which the Villigan is saying is another batshit crazy insane episode. Uh-huh. I could see her finally saying, I got to go to the DEA. And yeah. then Walt, in a fit of anger after she slaps him, you know, ends Takes up choking her, her to death. Takes and that would down. be a very Breaking Bad way to end the season. So there wow. you go, people. Mind's blown. If this pans out, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Either way, we only got two weeks to find out. Yep. I guess three. I'm pumped. We got three I'm weeks. Ready to go. Because we got all of this week and then all of next week. Okay. And then all the week after that, right? <laughs> Fair enough. And we're going to have some other podcasts, too, with interviews and things. Yeah. Who's, so. Yeah, we forgot. We should have pimped that. We, yeah, we got Dave Porter coming up. We'll yep. pimp it now for the people who stuck around to hear the bombastic spoilers. Right. Uh, Dave Porter, who does the, the sound and the um, Fury. score. <laughs> no, no. He does the score for Breaking Bad. All right. Uh, we're going to be talking to him pretty cool. soon. Cool. All right. That's it. Thanks, guys. See yep. you next week. Bye-bye.